Let's go to the Lord in the word of prayer and we'll jump into our lesson this morning. Father God, I thank you, Lord, for this morning. I thank you for these men. I thank you for directing our paths into the paths of righteousness. Father, speak to us today. Lord, help us to, uh, to not be men of judgment, but Father, be men of fruit, bearing fruit wherever we go. And Father, allowing you to judge what needs to be judged. And Father, as we continue in this series, Father, help us to observe fruit understand something that bad company corrupts good morals corrupts good fruit so lord let us be the good company for others in jesus name amen matthew chapter 7 verse 16 matthew chapter 7 is an interesting chapter you know a few years ago actually it's been several years now uh, when i was in youth ministry matthew 7 1 was the most quoted scripture among youth of that day now it's interesting because matthew 7 1 says what do not judge lest you be judged, right? So, so Matthew 7, 1, what happened was it, it, for years in the United States, I mean probably up until that point, that transitional date, do you know what the most quoted scripture was? That's right, John three sixteen. Man, Wink, you were going this morning. Yeah, yeah, John three sixteen was uh, the most quoted scripture up until that point. The transition happened um, really with my generation or just a little bit under and and they they switched that to uh matthew 7 1 once kids started getting a hold of matthew 7 1 they said hey here's the cool thing uh jesus says don't judge so don't judge me don't hold me accountable now uh judgment if it's meant in an accountability in, in a way of accountability um is really not judgment because jesus tells us in matthew chapter 18 to do what to go to your brother if he's in sin and speak to your brother if that doesn't work take two or three witnesses with you that's matthew 18 15 you can read kind of the process there but uh, um, to judge is to try to understand the motive and so oftentimes what we do is we we look at at at, at a person we know they're in the wrong or maybe they've said something in the wrong and then we start trying to figure out the motive and that really begins to to switch the scales and change the scales over to a place of we're becoming the judge and it's God's right to be the judge, not us. Now, if you continue to read in Matthew chapter 7, uh, by the time you get to verse 16, it says this, By their fruit you will recognize them. Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? So Jesus is saying, here's what you pay attention to. Pay attention to their fruit. Every Christian is to be fruitful. Man, you need to hear that. Every Christian is to be fruitful. Now, what that fruit looks like in your life is probably going to look different than what the fruit looks like in my life. I mean, he even gives an example. Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? There's figs, there's grapes, there's all kinds of different fruit, and all of us have different gifts, but we should bear fruit. Likewise, verse 17, likewise, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit. And a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. Men, if you're not married today, let me start right here. There's some young men here. Some good, fine young men. I mean, these are good WT guys. Anyway, so, so if you're not married today, one of the things as you go into a relationship with a woman to look at is as you take her out and all, you know, kind of fish for the fruit. Fish for the fruit as far as, hey, um, how were you brought up? Um, what do you do today? Are you involved in any type of ministry? Because that's going to become very important for your future. You men who are married to godly wives understand what I'm talking about. You know, it's a wonderful thing. I, 
I hadn't even talked to my wife very, very little in two, three days. And this morning we were in conversation. And what are we talking about? We're talking about songs for Sunday. We're talking about the opportunity to, to get to minister together and, and what that's going to look like this coming week. And, and so I'm telling you, it's worth your time to, to fish for the fruit. All right. Now, that's just a little sideline. You put that in your pocket, whatever you want to do with it. Now, over the past few weeks, we've covered some things. We talked about what is judgment and judgment uh, can cause pain in my life because anytime we we take it upon ourselves to judge someone else, what are we doing? We, we're, we're giving them control in some way. We're giving them control. The second week I talked about the fixer and I love that message. Fixing you is killing me. You know, we we as Christians tend to think it's our job to go out and fix the world no it's our job to go and make disciples and let God fix them right and so to lead them to Jesus so when we take it upon ourselves to to uh, go out and fix the world in that way or to fix others in that way because we have it supposedly all together um, we run the risk of of making judgment as well of fixing you is killing me the best thing I can do for you and your problem is to take care of me and my problems the greatest service you can give to others is to take care of yourself. Love and encouragement is far superior to fixing and fault finding. That's a great statement. Love and encouragement is far superior to fixing and fault finding. Uh, uh, and by the way, that works really good in marriage too. And then week three, last week, I, I, I enjoyed this one. That's talking about the scandal on, right? Don't take the bait. Offenses can last a lifetime or no time. Uh, offenses is the scandalon. The scandalon is the Greek word for offenses. Jesus says, hey, uh, woe to the one who what? Brings or carries those offenses. So he, he throws a caution out there. Those offenses are the scandalon. The scandalon is bait. It's simply, uh, I talked about the big hook that I, that I had built at, at one time. You know, if, if you have a shark hook, you bait the water and, and the blood in the water attracts the sharks and the sharks come in and then you put, you bait a hook, and that's the scandal on. It's there to snag. And that is the same word as offense in the Greek. And so Satan tends to bait the hook for many of us, and we smell the blood in the water, and if we're not careful, we'll take the bait. So don't do that, right? We talked about that last week, and today I want to talk about observers of fruit. There is confusion about what it means to judge and what it means to observe fruit. So uh, I can give you a great example. I read an article here a while back about a pastor who had had multiple affairs with women. And um, one churchgoer, they had to let the pastor go. And a certain churchgoer came, to, came up. And of course, this, this happens all the time. Hey, we have one God and one judge. We are all sinners. I think the church has handled this totally wrong. Uh, why do they think they have the right to judge? And, and I can tell you, I have seen this time and time again in the church, this same case scenario. Some of you may have had this happen to you with a former pastor. I can tell you a wild story about that. I was with a, uh, a friend of mine some years ago, probably 10 or 15 years ago, and he said, Curtis, you know, uh, this man at that time was, was uh, pastoring over in Littlefield, and we met for lunch one day. He'd come into Lubbock, and, and uh, we met for lunch one day, and he said, uh, uh, did you hear about so-and-so? And I said, yeah, I heard that they removed him from ministry, you know, and all this. He had been involved in an affair. He said, well, did you know I'm the one that, that prompted that? And I said, no, I didn't know that. What, what did you do? What happened? He said, well, when I took the church, he said, I went into my office and I was in prayer. 
And he said, if you come into my office, it was similar to my office there at, uh, at Wolforth. You had turned around and the computer sat behind you and turned back around and the desk sat in front of you. And he said, I was turned around where the computer was and I was praying and, and reading my scriptures. And when I turned back around, I saw the man on the edge of my desk uh, and I saw the woman sitting on the edge of my desk. And then, boof, they were gone. And so I began to pray about it. And the Lord revealed to me that this man had had an affair in that office with his secretary. So I called them both, and I called the pastor first, and he started bawling, wanting to know who told me, and he said the second person, of course, was her. I, I knew who it was, and she was still the secretary there. Interesting thing, and so they released them. Well, he took a lot of heat for um, revealing that or bringing that uh, before the church. Now, let's, let's talk about that. It sounds like judgment, and, and we can split a body in this if you've ever had anything like that happen in a church before in your past uh, this is very very difficult because you will have people say hey we're all sinners we've all fallen short of the glory of God we've all you know made mistakes and and what our job is to do is to restore them uh, a pastor's gift is still there a preaching gift is still there why are we going to remove them from that well what Jesus wants us to do is observe the fruit you know this deal's been going on it's it's just reality and many times when people say, don't judge me, they're really saying, don't observe my fruit. Don't, don't pay attention to what I do. And that's actually a modalistic type of theology. Now, you can go and, and read on what modalism is, but, but what it basically means is that my flesh is separate from my spirit. And what I do in the flesh is okay because the flesh is not going to inherit the kingdom anyway. That's the wrong theology. What should happen is the spirit inside of you should impact the flesh outside of you. Okay. And that's how it works. And, and so the, the don't judge me sometimes means don't hold me accountable for my actions. Jesus taught us something completely different. Matthew 7, 16 through 18. I'm going to read the, a, a different version here, and, and this will help unpack this a little bit. You will know these people by what they do. Grapes don't come from thorn bushes, and figs don't come from thorny weeds. In the same way, every good tree produces good fruit, but a bad tree produces bad fruit. A good tree cannot produce bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot produce good fruit. So this principle applies to everyone across the board. We have only one way of knowing people, and that's really by their fruit. Everyone has some history if they've lived long enough on the fruit that, that they've been able to bear. Luke 16.10 if you are faithful in the little things, you will be faithful in large ones. But if you are dishonest in little things, you won't be honest with greater responsibilities. That's the New Living Translation. So the only way to know if someone is trustworthy or faithful is their fruit. I can't see your heart, but I can see your fruit. I don't know why you did it, so I'm not looking for the reason why. I just know what you did and the fruit that was born from that, right? The, the tares among the wheat. And sometimes that's very easy to see, and sometimes it's not easy. But fruit is the track record. You will know these people by what they do. Our track record is all anyone knows of us. A person's track record simply gives us observable, measurable data that we can use in relating to them with wisdom. Now, here's the thing. Many of you, if not all of you, had a B.C. day or B.C. days. Y'all know what that is? Before Christ days right and so you you planted and sowed some seed and some of that seed grew up and it bore fruit 
right? And, and, and here's the scary thing. Some of that seed still bears fruit today. That, that's tough. And that's why if we can get this when we're young and say, hey, you know, it's not that I'm going to be perfect, but it's that I'm going to pay attention to, to the seed that I sow and the fruit that I bear. Learn to pay attention now. Because those BC days, it doesn't necessarily end when you come to Christ. Yes, you're forgiven and you have a new start and you're going to start bearing good fruit and, 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 and those things are great. But sometimes the, the old seed still grows, right? It, it's still there in some ways. Now, eventually, hopefully you'll outlive it and that'll be a good thing for you. But isn't it amazing how sometimes people remember you from your old fruit? You know what I'm saying? Oh, it's, that's... Uh, that's Curtis House. Hey, Curtis, you remember that time you were at da 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 And I was like, that wasn't me. That's been years ago, man. Y'all don't have a good memory. You forgot that was someone else. Sometimes you try to talk them out of it, and sometimes they'll believe you, but then that's a lie, and that's a whole other issue, right? So we are likely to do in the future what we have done consistently in the past if we don't know Jesus. Of course, that's the case. And knowing our track record does not give anyone the right to judge our motives and does not justify every criticism. It does not mean that we can treat someone without love and, love and respect. So if you observe their fruit, you can still treat them with love and respect. It does not mean that people cannot grow and change. It simply tells us what they have a tendency to do. You know, if you know someone who, who has a temper, what do you know about a temper? That even though they come to Christ, what? The temper can still show up, fellas. I'm telling you, I, I served a pastor that I loved dearly. I mean, I just loved this man. He wound up getting on a lot of medication, uh, um, had some kidney troubles, and uh, many of you know who I'm talking about. Just an awesome, awesome man. But as, as the church was making a transition, the people were having a difficult time with that transition. Some of you remember the worship wars. We were right in the middle of the worship wars. And so we were making this huge transition at the time, and these accusations just kept flying across the table in our board meetings, just boom, boom, boom. And I thought, man, this pastor's incredible. I'm telling you right now, I'd like to light some of these people up. I was young, you know, I was, I was listening to all of it. I wasn't allowed to say anything. I was just listening, which was good for me. Um, I have two ears, one mouth. Uh, I, I was having to learn to listen. But afterwards, I'd pull him aside and say, hey, man, I mean, come on. You need to give these people what they deserved he's like no no they need to hear it seven times that's what he used to tell me we'll just keep planting the seed seven times eventually you know they're going to come around they a couple of them never came around and one day that man did light it up in there and i was like yeah get after it and he said i never wanted to do that here's why because this is something i battled in my younger years i don't want that to to come back right uh, uh i have the same thing i've got allison will tell you you know just don't hit his boiling point He's great until you get there, you know. And she's only seen it two or three times, and it hasn't ever been towards her. But, but there's just a place, right, that, that men that we, and if we're not careful, we still can sow bad seed or we can still bear bad fruit because in our personalities, how we're geared, how we're wired, sometimes uh, we don't allow God to have that part of our flesh in that moment, in that time, in that season. So pay attention to your own fruit. A couple of things. I'm talking about paying attention to others' fruit, but I also want us to start paying attention to our own fruit. When Jesus gives this, this command, he says, hey, uh, uh, you know, watch a person's fruit. He's also telling us to watch ourselves. 
A good tree cannot produce bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot produce good fruit. Hey, be that good tree, that tree in Psalm 1 that's planted by the living waters, that bears much fruit. Fruit grows over time. Know that there's, there's a gap here. And I talk about the gap a lot because I think it's in the gap where we become vulnerable. In this gap, sometimes we're sowing seeds and we can't see the fruit yet. We're a new creation in Christ and yet it seems like the old man keeps showing up where the new man is supposed to be. And sometimes that takes place, men. And sometimes we still sow some bad fruit as we come out of the old man into the new man. Yes, immediately our spirit is transformed and changed, but it does take our flesh a while to catch up with what the spirit is doing and that time is the gap and in that gap pay attention to what's taking place God is speaking in that gap he's teaching us we're 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 far more aware of the bad seed now you know this when you became a Christian one of the things this is interesting and I've got a little time to share this I put in here just in case illustrate uh, years ago I had several Mennonites start coming to the church now, if you know anything about the Mennonites, uh, the women will be baptized like that. But the men in the Mennonite church, are there any Mennonites in here? We don't have any. Wow, we need to pray for them. Because you get Mennonites in the church, you get stuff done. I'm telling you right now, every broken window in this church will be replaced like in 30 minutes. They, they're workers, man. They know what it means to I love the Mennonites. And, 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 uh, and uh, Mennonites have this theology, though, that um, of course, it's, it's very close to works righteousness, which is not who we are, but uh, they do believe that a person who is a believer should do good works for sure. Now, the men are afraid to be baptized, and I had a hard time. I finally got some in the tank, but it took a while because they, they feel like that if they're baptized that they, are, they cannot sin anymore. And so until they're up to a certain point in their faith or try to faith it up, if you will, which is, is um, you know, I struggle some the- theologically with that thought because it's not true. I mean, we're a new creation in Christ, that's for sure. Um, but yet at the same time, uh, they were nervous about being baptized because they said we can't live perfect afterwards. So it's just better if we don't get baptized. Well, baptism is a representation of what God is doing in your life. And so once we had had some some time to unpack that and and their theology uh it was neat to see them them they were concerned that hey i'll still sow bad seed i'll still bear bad fruit and then what's god going to do with that what's god am i going to have to be baptized again and then again and then again well um no if god does the baptism you only need to be baptized once but my point being there are a lot of theologies that, that basically say, hey, look, you've got to be perfect. No, there's a gap time here, and as we walk with the Lord, we're walking towards holiness. And I've taught this plenty of times here, but holiness is a transition point. It's a journey along with the Lord where we learn to hear His voice until eventually the old man does die and the new man does come. And, and, and even though we're a new creation, it is a journey with God through this life. And eventually your bad seed that you sown will eventually, you, you walk out of that and you, and you walk into good seed and you bear good fruit. Don't give up during the time of the gap. We are vulnerable in the time of the gap. Here's what I, mean, here's what I hear men say all the time. Hey, uh, I tried. Yeah, I thought I was a new creation, but I still, I still went back to that lady. I still went back to that pornography. I still went back to that, 
that alcohol. I still went back to those drugs. I still went back to, to uh, getting angry. I still went back to that old man. Well, look, <laughs> you've got to press into the Lord and keep walking with him in the gap. It is a journey. You are a new creation in your spirit, man. Eventually, you will begin to, to sow those good seeds, and you'll see them, and so will others. Others will observe your fruit and say, that is not the same person. That's what we're after. See, when I was a child, this is the way Paul tells the church at Corinth. He says, when I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. See, in the gap, sometimes that, that's what happens because we're a new creation. We're a child in our faith. And so we tend to still talk like a child, think like a child, reason like a child. But as we walk with the Lord, we grow up. When I became a man, I put the ways of childhood behind me. I became a father. This is kind of interesting in my own life as, uh, as I approach 50. It, 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 I, I can't even believe I, that came out of my mouth. I mean, life is going by so quickly. I'm 48 years young. But I no longer think like I did. I'll listen to a sermon that I preached 15 years ago and go, man, I would never preach that again. Somebody get, a, get rid of those, right? Chunk those. Because as you grow, as you walk with the Lord, you grow up. And I used to think like a child, reason as a child, do those things in, in a childish way. Um, not to say that I'm, I'm a full, fully uh, where I need to be at all, but I can see along the journey that God has walked with me in order to bear good fruit and he does the same for you your harvest always comes later and greater as you walk with the lord now you may wind up at 65 and not be able to retire and you say well this doesn't look like later and greater you've got a great retirement coming all right the lord is faithful it may not come in as we think but i'm telling you heaven's a wonderful place fruit takes time to develop it's got to grow. It's got to get ripe. And if you don't like your fruit, men, it's time to change the seed you're sowing. If you don't like your fruit, it's time to change the seed you're sowing. In 1 Corinthians, here's how you can start. It's very simple. Love never fails. The antidote for a life of judgment is a life of love. Love never fails. I tell people all the time, look, if you can start anywhere, start with love because God is love. He is love. And so that's a great seed to sow. If anything will work, love will. If love won't work, nothing will. So that's where we start. Learn to love, not judge. Okay to observe the fruit. As a matter of fact, I started this morning with bad company corrupts good morals. Pay attention to your company. I tell my kids this all the time. You're only as good as the company you keep. Right? Guilty by association if you're not careful. Jesus, uh, uh, Lyle and I had an opportunity to minister to a young man who, in his family right now, there's some guilt by association. Very, very difficult situation for this young man. So uh, just know that, that the best thing we can do is offer love. We have to pay attention to people's fruit because as we pay attention to the fruit, we're not trying to judge, but we're saying, hey, I don't really need that worm that's, that's eating their apple to come over and eat my apple. Right? So have boundaries, healthy boundaries. And other than that, uh, uh, pay attention to the fruit also that you bear. 